today we're going to be talking about something that is so very close to my heart. Um, I recently met a brother who I am bringing on here on the show with you tonight, and we're going to be talking about the spiritual gifts, the Holy Spirit, and what he, what I believe he desires to be doing among us in this time, what he is restoring back to his people in this day. And um, in order to do that, I've invited my brother, Dr. Dr. David Jones, on with me. And his heart is all about restoration. It's all about restoring back to God's people that which has been lost along the way, that which has been, uh, which we, that which we may have taken our eyes off through history, but that very thing that God wants to do for us all. Because obviously, since the fall of man, it has always been the heart, the heart of the Father, to bring us back to Him, to restore us back to Him. So. Uh, brother, Dr. David Jones, thank you so much for joining me here today. Uh, it's such an honor. Yeah, shalom, brother. It's awesome to come in. Thank you for inviting me in. I, I'd, I'd love to talk about the Father any way that I can, so this is exciting. Awesome. Yeah, I have his book right here, guys. Um, it's called The Restoration and the Gifts of the Spirit. And uh, I, I told him off camera, it was so awesome when I when I read it, that it's so, uh, it's like the father spoke the same things to me years ago when I write, wrote my book, um, Reigniting Spirit and Truth. And so I think this is such a great opportunity for both of us to just share our heart and our perspectives on um, some of the, these very things that we are both, I know, very passionate about. Amen. Brad Scott brother blessed memory uh would come by and we would have conversations in the home or when he would be uh in and nearby or or traveling you know whatever we'd get the opportunity we'd meet at the conferences gatherings things like that and inevitably we would always end up having conversations about the gifts and how we don't see them really being used or just a lot of misconception about them and and how they should be approached and and um the more we talked, I would honestly say over the period of a couple of years, uh, the more we talked, he said, you should write a book. <laughs> and yeah. I said, why don't you write a book? He goes, no, nope, <laughs> you should write a book. <laughs> you mentioned that the you see that there is a lack of some of the things that you wrote about in your book within the body. Mm -hmm. Can you expound on that? What do you mean? Well, what we've seen is people tend to shy away from really all of, of the gifts when they come into uh, re-examining their faith, if you will, coming into looking at, okay, so I've, I've now seen, wow, the, the Torah and the Old Testament, the, the Tanakh, it's, it's relevant for me. Now, what do I do now? How do I live now? And so what generally tends to happen is if you've been raised in an assembly, it's a little more difficult because now you have to, you know, unlearn things, right? Mm -hmm. So we, we, flush everything for the purpose of starting over right. and uh, and and then we only tend to look at things in one perspective the way we've been taught the way we've been trained to think and our experiences uh, relate that you know but we can't judge god based on just the experiences in my life because he is much greater than just my personal experiences so we need to go back and look through the scripture and find how does he define himself? How does he reveal himself? Mm -hmm. And each person is an individual. So how does he reveal himself to these individuals, but yet maintain wow. relevance for all of us? For um, me, it's 
excuse me, for me, it's also no. like when you think about the, the Reformation, right, which I mean, we, we can all agree, I think that there was a lot of good that came from that, a lot of departure from th traditions that weren't good. Um, but that Reformation that we all look back to, we can now look and see, well, okay, that Reformation actually never went far enough. There were still some things that some traditions that and beliefs that weren't necessarily the Father's heart that we are still carrying in today's modern Christianity. And I think that, you know, what you're talking about is, you know, you're talking about a, a restoration that has happened in terms of truth. Mm -hmm. um, a type of reformation, you could even argue. But mm -hmm. then I think we are in, at risk of falling short and also into the same error as before. Is this, if this, this restoration doesn't go for, for, far enough, if we don't have a restoration of spirit and truth, mm -hmm. we're going to have a, a restoration of truth, but then we're, are we going to have to wait another 100, 200, 300 years for that restoration <laughs> of, of the Holy Spirit am among us, you know? That's what yeah. I I'm, I want. I want that to all, all of us to have our eyes on that, to ensure that we don't just have a restoration of just half the picture, because then we don't really have a true restoration. Right, right. It has to has to be on both sides. It has to be on on both parts, spirit and truth. And it's okay in the search of the truth. We are we denying the things of the spirit, and in the search of the spirit, are we denying the things of the truth? The Father has a, a road for us that we, we need to follow on, and, and we kind of get caught on one side or the other. And when we make a course correction in our life, we kind of yank it back so hard in one direction that we tend to lose things that we weren't supposed to. And, I mean, brother, you actually, if we actually, you know, what you're saying right now, it makes me think when we look at even just denominations as a whole, a lot of the differences that we have in the body, right, are actually very much on this issue and it's kind of interesting how we have people who are very much leaning to the truth, but at the expense of the spirit, or people who are leaning towards the walking of the Holy Spirit, but then at the expense of truth, you know, and the study of the word and so forth. I mean, why do you th think that is? I think it can start off with good intentions, but we don't really know how to follow through with it. I mean, I don't want to make mistakes. Right. And so for the fear of not wanting to make mistakes, it kind of puts us in situations where we're scared to do anything. And, um, and, and so the so the idea of I don't want to make a mistake is good, but at the same time, do we really trust Yahweh to do what He said He was going to do in our lives? And if that's mm -hmm. the case, He asks us to step out. He asks us to do things that that don't always play it safe. And and that's where we need to to see: Do we trust Him? Yes. Then we need to go forward, as you said, you know, so in this restoration of, of getting closer to the Father and, and, and coming back into things that are just, wow, I'm, I'm rediscovering everything about my life and who He is and, and my faith is all alive, are we really going far enough in what we're looking at? You know, especially when it talks about things like uh, uh, gifts of the Spirit that were given to us, the problem with this is that we've, we've seen a lot of abuses and we've seen some things that, let's face it, there are some things that are false. But that doesn't change the fact that God gave us good things. He gave us good gifts, and he gave them to us for our good right. <laughs> and to help us. You know, why, why would we have a good, loving father who says, this is my desire for you, this is my heart for you, I want you to walk this way, but I'm not going to give you what you need for the journey. Mm. Uh, he, he wants to equip us to live this life.
love and it. that's where the spirit and truth need to go together amen amen to that you know i and i actually think that the enemy i mean if if, if i was the enemy right if, if i was on the other side it's kind of like well what do i do what is any in any war you know what, what is the the strategies you know and so for the enemy and his side we know that he tries to counterfeit we know he tries to copy what god is doing and and corrupt mm -hmm. that but what is the purpose of that really you know if you think about it it's to confuse us into mm -hmm. in, in, in making it harder to judge what is the genuine move of the holy spirit and what is now not genuine and then at the end of the day, we're just like, well, anything that even looks like now the real thing, we even toss out with it because we're just so confused. We don't even know how to discern right. anymore. I mean, have you that, seen that? that? Oh, absolutely. That that confusion is huge. Uh, he is the author of confusion, or our adversary is. And Yahweh, God is a God of order. Mm. And and so he's trying to teach and establish these things. I'm reminded, as, as you were saying that, I'm reminded of uh, Yeshua being accused of casting out devils by the power of Beelzebub, and 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 this can you believe that that that's appalling? How can yeah. they even accuse Yeshua of casting out demons by the power of Beelzebub? But in doing so, if you notice, the, they didn't have an issue that he was casting out demons. <laughs> they, right. they they accused him of doing it with, by the wrong authority, and right. and so that should say something in and of itself. Um, Yeshua says, you know, and, and that there will be people come to him and say, you know, Lord, Lord, didn't we do these things in your name? And he says, depart from me, worker of lawlessness. He didn't say depart from me because you were doing all the wrong things. He said, depart from me, you worker of lawlessness. Those who were doing some things they should be doing, but not pursuing him in the heart that he gave for us to do so. Awesome. Um, it, it, it's, these are the things that, that, that we can look at and, uh, I just, I just still thinking about that, you know, accusing Yeshua of casting out demons by the power of bells above. And that's when Yeshua turned it on them and, and says, well, what power are you guys doing it by? How can a house divided stand? Yeah. <laughs> Amen to that. You know, when, if God shows up in power, like he did in the life of Yeshua and his disciples, you know, he, God is saying, look, I am moving here. And now if you come and, and you can't even see that that is the power of God, whether you agree with that person's theology, and that's, that's this is a big thing, I think, right? Thing, you know, like right. uh, we feel like God will not move through anyone unless they have perfect theology, you know, and because right. I don't agree with their theology, that can't be God moving. But, you know, man, in that case, is God going to move through any of us? Because, uh, I mean, I, I don't know if I have perfect theology. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't think any of us do, honestly. Uh, I mean, we can say I believe I'm right, but n not perfect. I don't think any of us are there. But, you know, I keep going back to really one scripture uh, in regards to the spiritual gifts, the spiritual things. And that is 1 Corinthians 12, where it is said that, that God gives the gifts as he will. Which means we have no control or say over who he gives it to or why. <laughs> and and we, we can't look and say, well, this person's not righteous. How can God use that person? Well, I mean, Balaam's donkey, right? Um, we, we can't put these kind of boundaries on something that, that God himself didn't put boundaries on. He said he will use whomever he will for his purposes and for his glory. And so when he gives a gift, it can be one gift for one specific function for one specific time right now, or it could be imparting a gift to a person in perpetuity, or it could be a diversity of gifts to one person or diversity of people to one gift. We have no control over this.
And I think it's very dangerous, honestly, for us to put God in, in a box to say he can't give his gifts to who he wants to give them to. And uh, we, we have no control over that. And so I, I think if we attempt to try to control that, we're actually losing some things that the Father wants us to partake in. Mm, that's good. So what would you tell people who are um, now listening to us, yet they're thinking back at their past church experience, say, where they were hurt by something that was professed to them to be a move of the Spirit, or maybe they witnessed abuse uh, in terms of a spiritual gift or something of that nature. They have been traumatized. And they're saying, I, I feel so hurt, I don't even want to think about the stuff that we are talking about here today. What is, what is your message to someone like that? That is a little more difficult, honestly. Each, each person has their own experiences in life. But I think it would be safe to say if you've been around any other people for any length of time, you've been hurt. Mm -hmm. um, we've all been hurt because we are all imperfect people. Because if, if I take a gift someone has given me and I misuse that gift to hurt somebody else, it's not the person who gave the gift. It's not their fault. It's the misuse and, and, and the, the handling of whom it was entrusted to. We are imperfect people. We will make mistakes. We will let each other down. That doesn't mean that, that God is not loving, that he is not good, and that he doesn't desire for us to have good things. Uh, man takes things, and, and as history has taught us, man sees an opportunity for some kind of power or authority or, or a way to uh, feel more superior than he is, which all goes against Scripture. But it, we've, we've seen through history, if a man sees an opportunity to do that, most will do it. That's why the Scripture tells us contrary to that. We need to be people that are humble, people that are teachable, people to look out for one another. And when we make a mistake, we do have an advocate that goes to the Father for us, but when we make a mistake, sometimes that mistake isn't just against our Father. Sometimes that mistake is against one another, in which case repentance would be needed. Mm. Uh, but it's, sometimes, it, it, it's hard to get to a place to get that sometimes. Mm. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. You know, I, I also, I would also add that, you know, our, we have, like you said, we have all had bad experiences. I myself can recount many experiences that were uh, bad, traumatizing, even from leaderships and, and so forth. And if I took those experiences and said, in that area, I'm going to now reject the, you know, what the Bible says regarding it, because I felt um, something different, you know, I'll, I'll be the one in error because ultimately, our experiences are experiences and people misuse right. and abuse the word. They've done it from as old as the word is, is basically. Um, but yet God says, what are you going to believe? What are you going to walk? Are you going to walk by sight and what you've seen yep. or what you what you what your ideas may be of what it may or may not or should or should not look like? Or are you going to go to the purity of the word, which, you know, I think the word in this matter is clear regarding spiritual gifts. So it, it's up to the individual. I know for myself, in my younger years, I walked away from God. I was raised in a church. In my younger years, I walked away from God. And it took God getting to me through someone else to get my attention. And an extremely long, long story, extremely short, is God put someone in front of me to, to call me out by my name 
and tell me what I was going through in my life and how I knew better and it needed to change. And I didn't know this person. This person didn't know me. And I definitely didn't tell this person my name. That's a gift. Right. <laughs> That's something that was done there. And, and so it took an experience for me to reevaluate, not God, reevaluate me and how I perceived them. And uh, I think that's what it comes down to. Uh, too many times we try to put God on trial for what he does and doesn't do, when really, in reality, we need to reevaluate ourselves. Mm, I love it. That's that's testimony of yours is so similar to even the testimony of the Samaritan woman, right? He, Yeshua comes yeah. to her and just says, you know, all these things about her life that he's not supposed to know, and this like rocks her heart so much that she's like, who is this guy, you know? And, right, um, right. <laughs> I love that. It's awesome. And it, it's awesome to hear it from from you as well, because it's like another witness of how just that, how do you know that, you know, about me? Like, how could mm -hmm. this be? And you can only, uh, you know, uh, describe this as a miracle, as something miraculous has happened with how this person knows this about me right now. So yeah, Absolutely. Mm -hmm. God put someone in front of me with what we would call a word of knowledge. And, uh, I didn't know this guy, but yet he, the thing that really got me is, is the things that he could say, I'm like, yeah, you're just babbling things off. You're just saying things. But when he called me out by my name wow. at that minute, I was like, wait a minute, I never told you my name. And, and I'm like, okay, now I'm listening. Say that again. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe we should talk about some of those gifts. Um, Firstly, I think we need to establish, I think you already touched on it, but, you know, the spiritual gifts are given by the Father, right? The Father is the one, the Holy Spirit is the one who equips us with them as He desires, as He wills. Um, my pers you can tell me what you think, but my perspective is also that um, these gifts aren't to be used as an excuse either. They're not like I can say, well, look, um, you need healing Well, go to that guy, go to this guy. You know, I think that there's also this trust and faith that we need to have that we have the same Holy Spirit that everyone has. And even though he gifts people in a certain area, um, when there is an opportunity in front of us where the, a certain gift is needed, we shouldn't shy away from that either. And we should mm -hmm. still step forward and believe that the Father can even use us in something that we may not feel quote unquote gifted in. Um, mm -hmm. Because I, I don't know about you, but you know, I um, certainly for me, um, as I've, as I've sought the father's heart on, you know, personally what he desires for me, um, I've found that sometimes the gifts that he wants for me aren't the ones that I would have picked myself. Right. And so if, if I was going to pick by my flesh, what I want to do, that's one thing, but we must be open to the fact that the Holy spirit might want to rack your perception on what you think is best for you. And that by nature means he's going to take us into places that are uncomfortable, that are outside our nature, if you will. Um, and I think that one thing that people fall into is they say, well, that's not my gift. That's not, and, and yeah, there are gifts that aren't going to be your gift, of course. But if the father don't say, oh, but that's not the father. That's not how the father is going to use me, because that's probably how he's going to use you if you're going to say that, <laughs> you know. Um, I've experienced that as well. Don't tell God what you're not going to do because he might say, really, do you trust me? Well, then do it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Uh, and, and, and what you were saying, I think that, that is a great example. And I do agree with that. I mean, one example is when the scripture says, so do you need healing? 
go to the elders, go to the, go to the go to them for prayer that they'll anoint you and pray. It didn't say go to the one who you think has the has the right spiritual gift for it. It says go to the elders, the ones who who in your life have have the authority to help look out for you. Go to them, let them pray for you, let them anoint you. And so not to put anyone else on discount, but again to say that Yahweh does put people in our life to help one another, to pray for one another, to lift each other up. Do we trust him? to give us what we need when it's needed. And it, it doesn't matter who it's through. Do we trust him to do it? Because that puts us in a perspective of, we're not pursuing the gifts. See, the signs are signs. The, the, the signs point to another thing that's bigger than the sign. Mm. And if we're not careful, we can be just pursuing signs. And that's where Yeshua got into the thing. If the signs themselves are not evil, but a wicked, perverse generation are the ones seeking the signs. So he doesn't say you're not, they're not a part of your life and you're never going to see it. He says, oh, no, the, uh, the signs are for the unbelievers, so I'm just going to heal them as a sign. But since you already believe, I'm not going to heal you. Really? Uh, <laughs> no. And so he, he gives them so that we will pursue him and to show that he does care for us in our life and the things that are happening. He equips us for these, but also what is our pursuit? Is our pursuit him and his heart or is our pursuit, the signs, the wonders, the miracles, the things. And, and, uh, I, 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 I don't know if I should say this or not, cause I've gotten in trouble for saying it before and I don't want to say it on, on your program, but I, I, I don't believe God is your drug. I don't believe he's just your next feel-good experience. And if all we're doing is just pursuing different things for a feel-good experience, are we really have a heart of pursuing him, as we said, in spirit and truth? And mm -hmm. in, in all things, are we really fully surrendered to him? Because we see in the scripture, you're going to have the ups and downs and the yeah. side to side and everything, and he's still got in it all. Yeah, you're not going to so always feel we, good. <laughs> right, right. So we pursue him, but he gives the gifts as we need them in the times along that way and yeah. um not not to seek just the one guy but to seek whoever is his people can operate these but again that's where we have to stand in faith to say are uh, we willing to put ourselves in that situation i want to read just a little excerpt from uh, your book actually that you touched on this um, similarly you said if we're not careful we can treat the things of yahweh like a magic show we might say how wonderful something we experienced was or how it was unlike anything we'd ever seen. Then we can go right back to the entertainment of it instead of listening to the words that are being said. And, you know, it's like you said, there's there. These are signs. There are things that point to Yeshua, point to the truth that is it is illuminating. And so, yes, I mean, God does do miracles to draw attention. That is what a sign does. It is there to be like, wow, like he did for uh, you, brother, you know, with that person who, who knew your name. Um, and but yet, where does that lead you? Right. And so right. I think there are certainly some movements that may have fallen into uh, wanting it to become an entertainment or a magic show or, you know, as you've used in your book, that, that terminology. Um, so there's a balance here, I think, you know, I think there's this sure. the father um, does do things. I mean, he turned water into wine. That's that's a pretty amazing thing right at a wedding to do as a right. sign and it drew attention most certainly so but it's now not just about okay you should do another trick for us right it's not okay you sure we just make us some more uh, bread and, and and 
and you know at the, at the when they gathered and he fed the the many you know they were they ended up being there just for the bread and for the food and he's like are you here for the real bread you know that's the question um and so i think that that's something really a balance that we need to make sure that we don't we enforce and we don't fall into that make that same mistake all over again in this pursuit of the holy spirit yeah, and, and it's that balance on both sides of it, I think, is is going to help us in, in a restoration issue. Yeah. Uh, if, we're, if we're seeking him, we're going to be put outside of our comfort zone, no matter which, forgive the terminology, whichever, whichever camp you reside in, mm. uh, which, whichever way you, you, you feel about this, when you're seeking God, really, he's going to challenge you because we need to change daily because we're not like him. And he says we we should be and we will be. So one of us needs to change. And how does he do that? He does it through his word. Absolutely. But he also does it through his people and accountability to his word. Absolutely. But he also does it. God is spirit. And he reveals himself in that way to us. If we pay attention, if we're looking, you know, uh, you're talking the entertainment factor. Ezekiel was warned of that as well. He said, people are going to come to you and they're going to say, oh, let's hear the next word from the Lord. But when they come sit before you, they're just going to be like one who listens to a great singer or plays an instrument. Well, they're not really interested in what you've got to say. They just want to be entertained. Right. And and our pursuit is, but that doesn't mean that what he was, that what Ezekiel was saying was wrong. It doesn't mean that what Ezekiel was singing or playing was wrong. It just meant that those who were hearing it weren't doing so with the right heart, which now we can go into like the whole Acts chapter two thing and Mount Sinai and all of that, because what were the people hearing? Were they willing to hear the voice of, of God and to receive that and and to change their life? You know, the, the gifts that God gave wasn't given for entertainment factor. It was given to change you. It was given to equip you for what lay ahead. And, and God's a good dad. He gives us what we need for that. And so, like example, the Mount Sinai, when we the people heard the voice of God, it said it was like lightning. Not breaking it all down now, but if you go to Acts chapter 2 and it said it talked about the tongues that was there, that word used there is related to lightning. Uh, you know, lightning, it's like fire and electricity, and it forks when it comes out. So, I mean, this is showing the power of God. And it wasn't, the emphasis wasn't so much on what was being said as much as it was what was being heard and that was the amazing part it wasn't saying oh these these all these people they're speaking hebrew but i understand them fluently and i'm not here from here <laughs> no it was about we're from elsewhere and we're all hearing what we need to hear now and it touched their heart and caused change i think that's the point the god equips us to cause change and uh that's where that's where are we willing to do that get out of that box or not Mm, I love it. That's so cool. I uh, just it just brought it to mind another testimony I'd like to just share shortly here. Uh, I was in uh, South Africa a few years ago. We were at this uh, church just uh, ministering and baptizing people and so forth. But we decided to um, partake in the, the the body and blood of the Lord of Yeshua right at this at this event, and we actually um, prayed over the bread. Um, before it was served and so forth, before the event started. And we asked, and we said, Father, we ask for your Holy Spirit to come upon this, and whoever touches this would receive the healing that you, that you died for them to receive. By his stripes we are healed, right? 
And um, after the event, there come there's this uh, black lady that comes up to me, and she's like, "Where did you get this bread?" And I'm and I'm like, "What do you mean? I got it from the grocery store or whatever, you know?" And she's like. <laughs> I don't know. Can I have? So, can I take some of this more of this home? And I'm like, why? She's like, when I ate it, all my pain left my body, you know. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome. But you know, I had to explain to her <laughs> that it's not necessarily the bread. The bread is it's just it's bread. But you know, it's the power of Yeshua. That is what He died for her to receive. You know, and so it's a sign that points to Him, right? It points to His power. Um, and so, yeah, I, I loved how that happened and how, how the Lord showed up there. And it just shows that even in these simple ways, right, that lady's heart was really touched, re- really rocked. And if we would just believe that he could do such a thing, uh, well, he does and he shows up. It's awesome. So um, I want us to think, you know, you started touching on it. Um, I want us to talk about some of those gifts. Uh, maybe we can start with... Uh, you know, you talked about the word of knowledge. Um, share a little bit f- with us about, you know, what is the word of knowledge uh, to you and how you see it practically walked out? Well, a very simple explanation of knowledge is to know something. So a word of knowledge would, would be simply put to know something that you don't know. <laughs> and unfortunately, this is where a lot of people try to go into, oh, a prophet is a psychic. No, 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 no. <laughs> or nor is a prophet someone who's just, you know, future telling or, or, or something like this. I, no. Uh, scripturally speaking, by the way, most prophets were Levites. <laughs> so there was something to that. But a, the word of knowledge, can God tell us something in a situation that we don't know. And I personally have experienced it. So, I mean, for me, I can say, yeah, absolutely. I don't doubt that at all. But if you never had an experience like that, you say, well, I don't know. Does he? And to which I would say, okay, here's an example. Scripture was written by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. How many different people penned it? But yet none of it contradicts. None of it really goes against. It's all one spirit writing through it all. That had to have been done by word of knowledge. How were we to know the heart of God without him revealing it to us? We don't know. So, and and, an oversimplification, if you will, for a word of knowledge, telling us something that we don't know, but is affirmed by his word. And in my situation, that's, that's, that was a turning point in my life. And, uh, but that's the point though is that it puts us in, in, in a place where it's not just to know something like a, like Rav Shaul said, knowledge puffs up. You, know, you just know something and just, we always tend to, you know, well, I know more than you kind of thing. It's not mm-hmm. the point for a word of knowledge. To know something to hold it over someone is not the point. To know something, to now give it so that it produces change. And I believe that God will give us those words in the times that are needed. Uh, how many times do you feel you walk by someone and you just kind of feel, wow, they they really need something, and you don't know this person, you didn't you didn't even look at look at their face, you just kind of felt it. Maybe, just maybe, that's God putting on your heart to just go talk to that person. Maybe they just need someone to listen, but maybe in the process of talking to them, you're going to say something to them 
that they need to hear that you didn't know they needed to hear. That could be a word of knowledge as well. You know, there are times, uh, a good example has happened to my wife many times. You're just in conversation talking to people and you're just talking. But in the midst of that conversation, we find out later there were things that were going on that we didn't know about that were addressed in the conversation. <laughs> yeah. That's, That's God. Awesome. That's God. And, it, and it's to produce that change in our life. Mm, I love that. You know, I I have myself experienced things like that. People who are up to strangers coming up to me. Um, I had a lady once come up to me at a, a big event randomly and done, and she said she had a dream about me in the beginning of the week. She recognized me by my hair. Well, what do you know? And, <laughs> and uh, she had a word that was so specific that um, it was exactly what I was going through at that point and had give, gave me direction for a big decision I was going to make in my future. You know, and multiple things like that have happened to me as well. But I think that, you know, as you said, when we are pursuing this, we're desiring to be used in this area. Another thing I'll add is, is open up your heart and say, when you're speaking to someone, you know, and you, you feel like there's something here, say, ask the father just in your heart, say, father, what is there you want me to say? What is there? Is there anything you want that you want to bring up to me right now? You know, I think when we are speaking with people we need to be commun in communion with the father and mm -hmm. i think that's where yeshua was you know he was always in communion with the father when he was of that samaritan woman he was definitely speaking to the father probably more yeah. than he was even speaking to her and right. and that's how he could speak the father's heart into her life and uh so i think for all of us you know when you speak to people speak to them but but really, let the Father become a part of that conversation because he may just then give you a word of knowledge. Amen. Yeah, yeah, cool. maybe. Um, another one you talked about, you touched on, and we can maybe go to is uh, you, you brought up Acts chapter 2. You brought up uh, the uh, that controversial uh, chapter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, the people in the room, at the back of the room, if you will, who, who said, well, these men... They must be drunk. That's basically mm -hmm. half of, I don't know how many in the room were like that, but that's a good portion of people I'm going to guess in the room had that response. And then the others had the response of, wow, God is moving. And in some ways, I guess we, we see that same divide today. Uh, what do you see that as being a picture of, or, or what do you think was happening there? Um, my, my, my first thinking is, well, where were they? Um, I, I don't particularly believe they were, they were in an upper room at, in Acts two, they were in Acts one, but by the time we get to Acts two, it talks about those that were gathered in for the festival for Shavuot. So right. this, I believe they would have been in the, the temple courtyards, you know, the, the house is a, is a reference to the temple in the area in the court. So there would have been all kinds of people there. So just kind of setting the scene, you know, if, if if Peter had spoken to these people and, and 3000 were like, Oh my goodness. Wow. And, and they like really truly repented, gave their heart to the Lord. Um, and there was so much more people there. So, which means some of them probably were on right standing, good footing with, with God. Some of them probably weren't. And some probably just needed to be refreshed, needed to hear it again, you know, kind of a thing. And in the midst of all this, you have all these kinds of people from all these different kinds of places. And then something weird starts happening. What do we do with this? I don't understand what's going on. Look, look at these guys over here. What I, I, there's, this is strange. What's going on? People start hearing 
uh, their own languages, hearing their own things. And again, like I said, the emphasis isn't so much, I mean, about what was said. It was about what was heard because what was said, what was the accusation? The accusation that these guys are drunk. They're babbling. And I don't know about you, but if I see someone who is like so drunk, I don't say, oh, look how drunk they are. They're speaking Aramaic. They're speaking <laughs> Greek. They must be drunk. You know, normally you get someone who's really drunk. They're incoherent. And right. and you don't understand like what what's going on there. So I believe there were those who were just kind of in the natural, just kind of this this wasn't for them per se. And, and this wasn't something that God was going to reveal to them. Their heart wasn't open to it. But the fact that they were there testifies of something. Could there be people who were there at Shavuot just because it's what they had to do? Just because it's what they feel wasn't their obligation? I mean, what? We've we've never done anything like that, right? You know, having spiritual obligations. Oh, I, I have to go to Shabbat this week, and I have to go, and I have to do this. Because your heart's not in it. So, I mean, that's the human nature. People have done that all the time. So here we have people of all different kinds from all different places, all different places in their walk with God. But who did God reach out to? I believe he reached out to the ones who were there searching for him. And these are the ones he called to a place of repentance. And where it says 3,000, I don't believe 3,000 changed faith that day. I think 3,000 renewed their faith that day. Um, I don't because they were there at the temple for Shavuot. <laughs> right. This is what they were there for, and and God revealed Himself to His people here, which He did back in Exodus as well on the same day, so many years before. So it's not it's not a far reach to say that what He did before He'll do again, yeah. and I believe what He did then He'll yet do again. What's so interesting to me is how He. By the way, I love what you share there. You know what, what's so interesting for me is how. Um, the way that the Father shows up in Acts 2 is with the gift of tongues. Because, mm. let's be honest, I mean, there's many other gifts, so he could have used, he could have done this a million ways, but he does this with the most controversial one, the one that people are, even to this day, rubbed wrong about. Um, we still hear those people, you know, these people saying, we were hearing it even 2,000 years later, oh, these people are drunk, you know. it's mm -hmm. And, and it's, it's kind of like the Father's making a statement by that very thing. It's like he's saying, my Holy Spirit's movings are going to be something that's going to make you uncomfortable sometimes. Sometimes yeah. you're not yeah. going to like it by just judging from your carnality, but you're going to have to start looking at the way I move differently and that I can move outside of your boxes. Now, of course, God is a God of order. He has given us his word and he always moves within that. But he does do things that are quite different. And he's done that many times in scripture. And so he's saying now in this new, in this covenant that I'm making, that I'm renewing, that I'm breaking with you, I'm coming and I'm allowing my spirit to move upon you like never before. And this is the way it's going to be from now on in, in many ways for yeah. more people than ever before. Um, I just right. want to read. Um, Acts 2.17, just uh, this part where Peter stands up and, and he's explaining, you know, what's happening. And he says, in the last days, God declares, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. Now, you know, he's quoting Joel and he's saying what was prophesied by the prophet in the Torah in the Torah, Torah and prophets. This is now coming to pass. You're witnessing it here. 
And this is now going to be something that is happening upon all flesh, upon how he's pouring out. And for example, in, in this Acts chapter 2, upon all within this temple. And I think it's so amazing and something that we have to realize is this has to be something that we need to still be looking to today, yearning for today. Because ultimately, mm -hmm. if we look at this as a mere historical event, have we not kind of done away with part of what Yeshua died for us to have? Because he said, I'm going so that you receive this. And so mm -hmm. if he goes, but we don't receive this, but we reject it in, out of ignorance or knowingly, you know, is, is that really the heart of our father? And where do we stand in with him? You know, when, when, uh, when Peter stood and he gave his sermon speech, call it what you want, mm -hmm. when he stood up and he spoke, the interesting thing is he doesn't, we're not told what language he spoke in, <laughs> but yet uh, the 3000 who were like, oh my goodness, we hear in our own language knew what Peter was saying and it called them to a place of repentance. So again, we're talking miracle here. We're talking, you know, just the fact that that Peter could stand up and address the crowd of multi-language of peoples, and they didn't all have their own interpreter standing next to them. You know, that was a miracle. And 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 here it, Peter says, "This is what was prophesied." And you know, prophecy—the word prophecy just means to speak by inspiration. It doesn't mean future telling, like we kind of mentioned just earlier. Where prophecy means to speak by inspiration. Well, isn't that what Moses had said? I wish that all Israel would would prophesy. Mm -hmm. In other words, I wish that all people would speak according to the heart of God for them. And so even if we're just giving some kind of edification and encouragement to one another, that can fall under the uh, definition of prophecy. And so if we're speaking the word to one another, if we're speaking what the, the good things that the word tells us to one another to help lift each other up and help build each other up, isn't that what we're here for? To help build back and restore what? It says the fallen sukkah of David. And what's that about? Relationship. I mean, Sukkot was all about dwelling in relationship and having that with, with God. So here, what is it about? Bringing relationship back to one another and helping to, for us to be as individuals, people, to seek that, to bring us back into a place of restoring relationship with the Father and having that heart about us. That could be prophesying. It just, we're not used to seeing it that way. You know, we're used to, you get one guy who stands up, says, thus says the Lord, and that's prophecy. Okay, not really. <laughs> I mean, it can be, but sure. it's so much broader than that. And again, we're, how we perceive and how we're taught to, to look at things really has an effect on that. The very mm -hmm. fact that we can speak the word of God to one another in a way to help each other out can be translated as, as to prophesy. And uh, it all just, it's his heart. It's his heart. Mm, I love it. It's so good. Thank you for sharing that on prophecy. Uh, and we see that, you know, throughout the book of Acts, when you look at when the spirit is poured out upon people, you know, when Paul lays his hands on them or whichever encounter you see, and they spoke in tongues or, and they prophesied. And so we see that this is something that is happening Oftentimes, you know, Paul, I mean, when you look look at uh, the book of Corinthians and you're reading how Paul is writing and speaking, he's using these terms that are, it really seems like these movings of the Spirit are happening, at least in that church, uh, mm -hmm. even if it's been abused, because uh, he's right. obviously addressing it. Um, but 
he's it's happening in a in a uh, uh, let me say a degree that is so great. Like these people are 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 speaking in tongues. They are have prophecy. In fact, Peter. Uh, excuse me, Paul has to say, guys, don't let everyone do it at once, you know, and let there, let there not be, even the, the regarding prophecy, you know, let there mm-hmm. be one at a time, let the other two or so judge, you know, he's laying out these rules because it was becoming something that was uh, out of order, of course, but mm-hmm. it gives us a perception of, wow, they were actually, this was like seemingly very normal for many of their assemblies, their services, of course, God's spirit moves in different ways every week, but this mm-hmm. is something nonetheless that was a big part of their life. And I guess right. we have to ask ourselves the question is, do we see it to that extent in our day of today? And if not, is it because God has decided not to, or is it because we are, um, there's something that we need to learn. There's something in our hearts we need to change. There's we need to push in more for his Holy Spirit. Um, I don't know, brother, what do you think? I think scripture says he doesn't change. Uh, you know, uh, Yeshua says he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Uh, Yahweh himself says, I am yod heh I change not. He doesn't change. And if that's why, uh, you know, when and we wrote in, I wrote in the book, you know, when the Holy Spirit moved, it wasn't just beginning in Acts chapter 2, and it wasn't just beginning in the book of Matthew. Yeah. We can read testimony of that through the entirety from the very beginning of the book all the way through. Yeah. And so if we try to put him in that box, we, 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 we were missing some things the Father has for us. If we're too scared to let God say what he needs to say, we could, we could end up missing what he wants to say. And I think That's fear a is a big one. issue. I think fear is a big factor in it uh, because we, we don't want to do the things that we've seen and perceived as wrong or abuses or mishandlings. But yet, do we have a scripture where God has moved this way? Absolutely. Well, if he's done it before and he doesn't change, the things we've seen, especially when you go back and you study through the Torah, you're seeing how uh, the things that were there are still relevant in life and they will be relevant in the new Jerusalem, you know, issues like clean and unclean, things like that. So what else do we need to examine? What else do we need to take a look at? And, um, it's not, a, not the examining them. I think that that scares us. It's the accountability. Mm. And I know in, in times in my life, that's one of the things that's kept me shied away from a lot of this before is because a lot of people who we see operating in in gifts and functions things like this don't have the accountability that's given in the torah in order to function this way properly and uh that that's where we start to see this mishandling of things so i think what we will be seeing in the future is people who love yahweh love the torah love the new testament you know love the book from its entirety and we'll start to see the combination of all this starting to bring some restoration this restoration started you know when yeshua was here and we're not done with it yet because we're still here (laughs) while we're here we have a task and i believe our task is to do no more than just reveal his heart and what does that mean that means whatever he reveals to us that's how we learn that's how we change that's what we walk in but in order to do that we've got to be open to see things that we're not used to seeing to do things in a way that we're not used to doing it because that means, nope, only my personal experience is how I judge God. We should not judge God. 
We need to let him do what he wants to do. And it's the accountability among ourselves is where we need to function. And, uh, but again, that can be scary because of the, because of the other areas that, that we've seen in people who are not accountable to the word. Yeah. I mean, I think that as we see more and more leaders of assemblies start to grow more hungry for the things we're talking about here today, I, you know, our prayer is for those, you know, and if you're a leader listening to this uh, brother or sister today, I, I encourage you to pray about this and, and ask, you know, is there in my assembly a structure of accountability that would even allow these gifts to flourish? Because ultimately, we need to mm -hmm. provide uh, uh, the opportunity for the members of the body to operate in their gifting, whatever that is, and for them to grow in it in a way that would be um, as safe as possible, right? A way that allow, because here's, and here's the other thing is that when we are growing in gifts, we will make mistakes. Uh, when mm -hmm. we look at even um, the disciples, you know, I know this is not per se a spiritual gift, but the principle applies they're causing out demons, right? And as they're trying to cause out this one demon, right, he's, it's not leaving. And they ask him why did it not leave? But it did when Yeshua, you know, caused it out. And he's instructing them. He's, he's saying because of your unbelief, you know, and, and so they made a quote unquote mistake and he's instructing them in righteousness further, mm -hmm. but he's allowing them the, the God is okay with us. He's giving us leeway to to learn and to learn from our mistakes especially because man i promise none of us are going to start walking in the spirit and just have it 100 percent down and everything's going to be good there's going to be times you're going to be like god what's going on what did i do wrong um mm -hmm. but the question is is, is it going to be a train wreck when that happens because well it went wrong because i just went and made a youtube video saying that thus is the lord that that was my first prophecy or that was my first yeah, you know yeah. <laughs> you see but see if we had a, a structure surrounding that person who could test who could pray with them who could guide them along now that person who may actually god may actually want to work with them in the gift of prophecy but now they can actually grow in a way that is safe and allows them to make their mistakes safely as far as possible <laughs> yeah 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 um are we willing to be accountable are we willing to take responsibility you know if we make a mistake to say so to repent if need be um and are are, are we willing to work to grow up um you know one of the problems we have with people in these things is immaturity uh people who, who are given a gift and automatically think that they're mature in the gift that again goes back to accountability and responsibility you know you, you don't give a two-year-old the keys to the car <laughs> uh, you know you have you have a gift that is bigger than you you have a gift that's huge but you have to grow in it you have to learn how to how to walk in these things and uh it's like biting off more than you can chew you know you you, you you've just got to grow and be patient and learn along the way and uh, I know, and, and for us, I've had people come on our midst before, proclaim to be a prophet, and it's like, okay, well, if you are, then you will be willing to be, be accountable to the words that you say. You're not going to be out here in a parking lot doing it. Guess what? They didn't come back. <laughs> you know, uh, a, a prophet is willing to be accountable to what they say, because that should be the heart. You know, if God is one really speaking, then it's not, 
again, we go back to what it says in Corinthians. You know, when one speaks, there are two or more there gathered who are to judge that to see what's done. And the whole idea of let there be two or more witnesses when anything is done, that's why he says it. So when one speaks, the other two or three are there, not just for entertainment factor, they're there to hold this person accountable and to judge the word that's being spoke. Is this God speaking or not? And they need to be people who are mature enough as well to be able to say, wow, I don't understand that, but yeah, I know that's God. You know, again, just because it doesn't have to fit in everything that we think to know that God is speaking. Mm, that's so good. Thank you for sharing that, brother. Um, so as we end off this, I, I'd like you to ask, I would like to ask you what, what would you tell someone who's listening to us today here and saying, well, okay, I'm actually hungry for this. I want to grow, but I don't know, you know, what is my spiritual gift? I don't know. How do I even start walking that out? You know, what would you say to someone like that? And um, then I, yeah, onto that, I have, an, I have a follow up, but yeah, tell me what you think about that. <laughs> Um, you know, God, God has told us specifically, when you search for me, you will find me. I, I, I believe you don't need to have to have a group of people or, or, or another person around you to be, to say, this is how you need to do this. At the same time, God says that he does put people on our path, like the laying on of hands, like the speaking prayers over one another and doing that. So again, it's, it's like a the whole idea of not putting God in a box. It doesn't have to be just yeah. one specific way to do this. However, if you are searching for him, God says you will find me. Uh, if there are other people that can join along beside you, if you are in, are in an area where there are people around you where you can do that, awesome, do that. If it is only you and you don't know of anyone else, then you're going to have to seek him. Uh, we have a beautiful thing yeah. called the internet. <laughs> which is good and bad in many ways, but there are people you can reach out to and, and to say, look, I, I, I want to pursue God. And I, there's some things that he's put in my heart, put in my life. I don't understand. I don't really know what to do with it, but I know whatever he has for me, I want. So what's next? Mm. You know, I, ideally we do need people in our life to help pray for one another, lift each other up and to have one-on-one -on -one conversations with that's going to be helpful. But ultimately mm. we don't rely on each other. We work with one another. We do what we can with one another, but we rely on him. Yeshua says he goes away. He will send the comforter to us. And if that's all we have, he's there. Mm. But if I he mean, has put other people in our path, then let's utilize one another. So uh, it, e either way we go, um, he says, if you search me, you'll find me. I mean, I love that. Thanks for sharing. And I agree. You know, there's no formula. I mean, personally, you know, when years back when I, you know, read all this in my Bible and I started growing more and more hungry for his Holy Spirit in my life, I wasn't in a place where there would there were people who could understand me in that way. They 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 weren't seeing what I was seeing, let me say it that way. And uh personally I had to go to the Father hungry and prayer and fastings and I needed to when the time came the Father just kind of kind of like a little birdie you know who's just kind of jumping out of the nest and now just needs to start flapping its wings and flying it was kind of like that yeah. for me really scary at first but you know i i grew so hungry that i couldn't um not step out and start desiring to you know pray for people uh witness to people and start taking greater steps of faith and trusting god to show up in those encounters and 
And I think that, you know, if you have no one, I think there's a lot of people listening who, who may be in that situation today is you don't, let me just say this, even though it's, it's definitely easier. And um, uh, I think what father ideally wants for all of us, if it's not possible to have someone else, don't let that stop you from this pursuit of his Holy Spirit, uh, because he, he showed up for me. And I know that if you seek him earnestly, he will give you the gifts that he so desires to give you as well. Yes. Amen. Um, so thank you so much for joining me, uh, Dr. David Jones. I really appreciate it. Would you mind praying for us um, regarding the receiving of the Holy Spirit uh, as we conclude this? Sure. Thank you. Our Father, our King, we, we thank you that we can come before you. We thank, the, we thank you that you are a good and gracious Father. We thank you that you desire good things for us. Lord, I pray even even now, um, I, I know we're recording now, but I know that people can come back and listen to this later. Father, I pray for those that, that are listening here at the initial time and those who always come back to it. I pray that in all things, the people who are searching for you, they find you. That there be no hindrances, that there be no distractions, that there be nothing in their way of what you desire for them. I pray that you reveal yourself to anyone who's looking for you as they are searching for answers, searching for things they may not understand. Father, some may be searching uh, just for just for an under, understanding of, of why now or, or what's going through in the situation in their life. But I pray, Lord, that you reveal yourself as only you can. That you, Father, lay your hands on your children, wrap your arms around them, fill them with your presence, and hold them tightly and bring them to you. May they be a people for your honor, a people for your glory, a people for your word. May we learn day by day to walk in spirit and truth. And may we learn above all things just to seek your heart, to hear your heart, to, 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 to see your ways, that, that we become more like you day by day. And Father, I pray that we get out of our way and let you restore your kingdom. Father, I pray, Bo, Yeshua, come, Yeshua, and, and, and just come back for your bride. But until then, reveal yourself now. Let us be a people to honor you in all things. May we give you glory, honor, and praise in Yeshua's name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Um, Dr. David Jones, please share with everyone how they can find out more about your ministry and where they can reach you. Well, um, our, our main website is ruachonline.com. It's R-U-A-C-H online.com. Our YouTube channel is The Ruach Life, all one word. Uh, you can also find us on uh, Facebook, um, Twitter, Ruach Tweets. And uh, if you're local in the Tampa Bay area, we'd love for you just to come by. <laughs> but uh, uh that's where we're at we're in valrico florida which is around tampa bay brandon valrico uh, just any in that area so um if you ever have the opportunity come by and visit but until then uh you can always check us out online awesome all right guys i'll be putting a link to his book in the description of this video if you wanted to check that out and um, i want to just thank you so much for joining us today and um, I just want to say that we'll be taking up a donation here for uh, Dr. David Jones's ministry. Uh, if the Father moves your heart, 
please decide to give. Thank you for joining us and we'll see you guys next week. Many blessings and shalom.